if you're going to race cars, mate, you're going to crash cars. You telling me you made a time machine out of a McLaren? Oh, my dad always says you shouldn't hit boys, mate. Oh, uh, well, we're not friends. Well, racing is life. Anything that happens before or after, just waiting. You're listening to The Grid Girls with Saski and Sarah. Sarah Connors, dude, we could pretend we could pretend we are going to start talking about other things, but you know, and I know, and everyone who has ever listened to one of these Grid Girls episodes knows the first thing we are going to talk about is America. America. America is a wonderful place. It's not actually that great, but you know what? We have a fucking F1 driver now, y'all. It's the most magical thing ever. It's I love like, how excited oh you are. Sorry? I love how excited you are because I'm like, uh, yeah. I, you know what? As much as I share your excitement, like. You're an old <laughs> hat. You've had an Australian for forever. Like, get away from me. No. All right. I When I started watching F1 about two and a half years ago, um, I said the whole time, like, I don't know who to pick as my favorite. Like, who do I do? What, what do I do here? I. I I don't have an American to cheer for. If there ever, like, gets to be an American in F1, I will immediately switch loyalties from whoever I'm cheering to for to that American driver. And now here we are. An American driver beat every British driver on the grid yesterday, and I, like, cannot even control my feelings. It's so great. Look, here's the thing I want to know. When you said that you would become instantly loyal to a team with an American driver, did you hope it was someone other than Manor? Manor didn't exist at that point. So I didn't really care, honestly. I did not care. And at the moment, you don't seem to care an awful lot either. Nope, I really don't. Honestly, like, it's better to have an American driving for the worst team on the F1 grid than to have Americans in, like, GP2 or GP3 because it means I can actually watch them on TV. Yep. That's fine. Yep. Here's the thing. I actually can't remember whether I saw you announcing that that Rossi had the, the thing or I saw it appear in my Twitter timeline and then it was like, Sarah, Sarah. I, like, I don't think I can manage to, like, mash my fingers against my in a row. Like, what do I do? <laughs> I was just looking at it and I was like, I, I literally nearly wanted to send some of my Boston friends over just to check on you because <laughs> I was seriously concerned about your health and well-being when they announced Alex Rossi. I was like, Sarah has been waiting for this moment so long that I don't think she knows actually how to deal with this emotional situation. I didn't. And the worst part was, so obviously, since all this new happens you know hours before I even wake up um Manor hadn't announced that he was gonna drive in five of the seven remaining races yet but there were like Spanish media rumors floating around that he was at least gonna drive in free practice in Singapore I love the Spanish the Spanish media the Spanish media gets a lot of rumors pretty spot on a good like five weeks before anyone else you know what's funny too is it's one specific newspaper called Marca and when I went to Munich last year to go to the Mercedes thing, um, I flew on a Spanish airline called Air Europa, and they gave us free copies of Marca, and I was like, oh my god, I know this, because they break F1 news all the time, and soccer things, and it was great. So I was thought you were going to be like, and it was a newspaper called Build, and I was like, no, no. No, it no, wasn't Build. It was build, Marca. seriously. 
No, because, yeah. So, but they... So, Alex they Rossi Rice's... Sorry? They broke the news that like, he was going to practice in Singapore and drive the race in Japan. So I was like, I get at least one race of America, and that I will settle for that. That is fine. Um, but now, manner, now, you have the Holy Grail. You have an American racing in America at a race dude, we, have, we will be at. I can't, I, I'm like, I did, I, listen, they announced this. The, my point was leading up to this. I get to work. I get to work at like 9.15. I rolled in a little late because I was real excited. I get there and I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like doing some work. And my timeline just explodes because Manor tweets that he'll drive in five of the seven remaining races, including America. And the Circuit of the Americas Twitter just went ballistic. And it the was circuit a great- of- as, as someone who works in social media and you as someone who has a very good knowledge of social media from a professional sporting sense, the circuit of the Americas response to Alex Rossi's coming to race in America was utterly perfect this was this was this person's one shining moment they had been waiting i I actually reckon there's probably a they probably had a document that was if alex rossi gets signed to a team particularly to race in america this is a list of gifts that you have to use they were amazing there was eagles there was fireworks there was like dancing it was glorious (laughs) So we're broadcasting this live right now, and there's a little chat room over on the side. And my friend Mila just asked the question, uh, how many Glitter Sparkle America tattoos will I be wearing at Coda? All of them. Literally all of them. They'll be, like, all you over my be, body. You'll have American. that You've got a hat and a, and a shirt and a, and a bald eagle onesie? Hat. Uh, no. no, I'm not doing the bald eagle onesie. I'm actually going to get a bald <laughs> eagle. Like, the horse masks. I'm going to do yep. a horse mask, but it's a bald eagle. I wish <laughs> so much that I was coming to this race. It no. was one of those situations where I didn't have the money, and then now I have the money. I can't take the time off work. Shit. Yeah, so I mean. I like, damn it. Real world, yeah, damn it. Especially if next year he's still driving, you have to come to a race with me and just, like, witness this because. Yeah. I'll be like, fun. I'm just the team photographer. I'm not actually American. I mean, yeah. You're just like, I'm Australian, but we don't do this in the same way. <laughs> it's been so long. It's been seven years since we had an American driver, and he wasn't very good. He was good at other things. He won, Scott Speed won a global rallycross race in Los Angeles last weekend, and I watched it. It not was bad. Great. But not bad. that's not F1. He's got a more successful rally career, I think, than Kimi Raikkonen had. Yeah, I think so. Um, he's, yeah, he's really good at it. And he drove in Formula E and that was a lot of fun, but like, still, that's nice. You have, you have an American in Formula One. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And, and he selected as his racing number, number 53. I know. I'm literally crying. In, I was like, in, in, in homage to the ultimate no, no. racing Here's hero. I was like, maybe he picked 53. Because five plus three is eight, and eight is his GP two number. But then someone else tweeted. I think it might, he just tweeted it or put it on Instagram or something. Um, he picked fifty three because it's Herbie the Love Bug's number, and a little bug won at Monaco. And I want to, you know, aspire to that. I was like, no, you you can't do this to me. I'm 
I have so many emotions right now. It's so good. I just I'm well, so for, for the people that are watching our recording, uh, you are witnessing Sarah is indeed actually sitting in front of a giant Alex Rossi banner, which she had meticulously designed and hand painted and taken to a race. Yep. And if you follow her on Twitter, I'm sure you will have seen this banner proudly draped over Alex Rossi's car. But off, as excited as you were about Alex Rossi, and I, I was I was talking to you when qualifying started, and he was like the first or the second car to pull out onto the track, and I was like, there he goes, Sarah, look at him go, <laughs> bald eagles and freedom. I just I can't. Uh, we're making a new banner for the race. Excellent. I, you about this I, I would I would have been disappointed if you weren't. Okay, so imagine a banner the size of this one, so like eight feet so by. By like three feet ish, two and a half, three feet. Except it's. I'm trying to convert that in my head for people from countries that don't use a ri- ridiculous and outdated measurement two system. So by it's like, about, it's like one meter by meters. like. It's like one meter by like one point. No, it's two meters. It's definitely two meters. By what? By yeah. like 0.75 ish, something like that. It's less than one. A little meter. bit more, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Something like that. This is America Day. You be nice. Um, but yeah, so imagine this, except instead of vertical, it's going to be horizontal, so we can hold it on, like, sticks. Um, we're going to be by the Turn 1 Grandstand, which they always show on TV. Um, and it's going to say, in Rossi, we trust, on the sides, with just a giant bald eagle and a little Volkswagen Beetle underneath it. Brilliant. I I look forward to not only seeing photos of this, but seeing it proudly displayed on just about every TV channel. I can't wait. Because you know, NBC will be like, and America. America. I mean, I'm just, I I literally like have no words. I'm just. I enjoy watching you be speech. I enjoy watching you resort to speechlessness because it doesn't happen that often. But Alex Rossi, Alex Rossi raced. He did. And so did 19 other people. So we should probably talk about the last race today, Singapore. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Alex Rossi finished 14th. Good job, buddy. Okay. 14. I'm pretty sure only 15 people finished the race, correct? But the point is he finished. True. Which at some points of the race in Singapore seems to be um, seems to be quite an achievement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially the There's part a- where he got caught behind the safety car. His radio broke. I'm just envisioning that. I'm just envisioning, like, because I was watching that footage, and there's obviously, um, there's Vitel, Ricardo, and then behind them, Alex Rossi, and then behind <laughs> him, Kimi Raikkonen, and you're like, one of these cars is not like the other, and it's that guy there. Seriously. And it's just like, because you could see him trying to, like, go from side to side to try and figure out, like, how to get out and pass and around them, and, and, and he just kind of was like, oh, it's like, there was no one obviously he didn't have a radio so he couldn't really talk to anyone by this point and it's just yeah yeah i guess i guess at one point since he had no radio like the safety car guy had to try to wave him forward to like unlap himself but he couldn't do it so when the restart happened it's really hard to interpret hand gestures (laughs) well wave yeah wave him forward i mean whatever but anyways the point is like 200ks an hour yeah, when the restart happened, he got stuck right by Jensen and Pastor and that whole situation. So, like you said, yeah, on this circuit, on this race, the fact that he finished and didn't end up murdered by Pastor Maldonado, 
is kind of a big deal. Poor Jensen. Any race that you finish and Pastor Maldonado hasn't murdered you is a good race. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, so anyways, Pastor hit Jensen. That happened. (laughs) He got real mad. (laughs) Um, I I was about to say, well, what happened in this race? We saw the start. We saw Max Verstappen's car go nowhere, at which point they push him off the grid. And then he manages to get the car started, get back in, unlap himself, and finish, what, eighth? Yeah. I believe it was eighth. Like, as, as there's, a, there's a really good point in the Sky broadcast where they, they were basically like, if if the future of F1 is in races like Carlos Sainz Jr. and Max Verstappen, God, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I was, was just like, like yep, yep. I mean, think about the fact that, like, Verstappen's only 17. He'll be 18 in like two weeks. That's fine. Actually, actually, there was a really awkward moment in the broadcast where they were like, they pointed out that Matt, uh, they were trying to explain that Carlos Sainz is also incredibly young and what he's achieving is also incredible. But because he is teammates with Max Verstappen in context, he doesn't seem quite so young because yeah. Max Verstappen is three years younger than him in, in in an area where that three years makes such a difference. But then the Sky commentators awkwardly point out that Max Verstappen's girlfriend is a year older than Carl Sainz. At which point I was like, A, I'm not sure how this is relevant or pertinent. And, but B, that's a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Um, I was like, mm, thanks, Sky F1. I really, uh, really needed that i will say that about about the ndc team is they can be a little bit goofy at times but their actual race commentary is hilarious like they do a really good job um to the point where if there weren't commercials on nbc i would literally never try to watch sky ever but yeah i watch a lot of um i watch a lot of the races um after because i have this really great habit where i get up go downstairs to the living room Turn the TV on and then fall asleep, sitting upright. Yeah, how are you going to do this next one? <laughs> well, see, the next one is it's at one a.m. Correct? Um, yes, yes. I just want to go to bed. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. This it's will not be the, a little it's not the, It's yeah. It's, it's the fact for me is I struggle. With the mornings, uh, not the. I struggle with the mornings. Um, not because I'm not a morning person. I like mornings. It's just that <laughs> I have a very heavy medication regime that leaves me basically like a space cadet for the first two hours. But the best part is that I wake up and hear bits and pieces. So when I broke up, when I, um, I was watching it and I was like, I woke up at the moment where they're like, there is a person on the track. <laughs> I've opened my eyes. I'm like, what, what, what's, what's happening? Uh, why why are we talking why is there and I was so disorientated and then it was like oh no there really is a person walking down the F1 track right now did you see the um the closed circuit footage of that because apparently the world broadcast cut to it like after he had already been on the track for a while yeah so so the broadcast I saw was the sky broadcast and the sky broadcast is like there's a yellow. The safety car is going out. There's a yellow. I don't see, but all the cars are out there. Why is there? No, oh my God, yeah, there's a yeah. man on the track. The NBC, but you know what? Part of it is like, you know, the feed is the same for every, every channel, right? There's only one world feed. Yeah. So yeah. the NBC guys did the same thing. They were like, oh, there's waved yellows, but we don't see any accident. We can't see behind that. Oh my God, there's a guy on the track. What the hell? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> 
Sky Broadcast talks for about 20 seconds looking at this. So you can tell that there, there must be a little bit of a delay, right? Yeah. And there obviously has to be. But there's about a good 15 to 20 seconds of footage where you can see the guy walking down the side of the track. Yeah, as cars go by. Before Sky, re- like the commentator clicks. And then you just hear them go, and, and they go, there's a guy on that, and it cuts to Vettel's audio going, there is a dude on the track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently the guy ran across the track right as Vettel came around the corner. He was also British and also really drunk, apparently. Well, look, I assumed that he was drunk. Here's the thing. In Australia, we have a guy called Peter, I think it's Hoare, H-O-A-R, Peter Hoare, who is known as a serial pest. And so he, like, jumps into the middle of stadiums and runs out onto horse races and all of this kind of stuff with such a regularity that the police have started going, or, or they now just go and pick him up before the event and lock him up for the day and then release him at the afternoon. They're like, well, this major event is on and we suspect he's going to be a problem. So we'll just go and arrest him. Before the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think he's run out in front of like the Melbourne cup. He's run out through Australian open tennis. He's like, I think he did stuff at the Olympics. I think he, I don't think he's successfully invaded the GP, but I think he tried to. So I was watching this and I was like, oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> yeah, someone did it in um, <clears throat> an American football game, I think, last week. And Well, I think they were showing highlights of it having happened in previous races. Oh, yeah. No, it has happened in previous races. It happened, I think, either last year or the year before at Silverstone. It happened at the German Grand Prix. It happened in China this year, I think. Um, yeah, so it's happened a few times. But, yeah, the football one from this week was funny because uh, the guy ran out on the field. And immediately got tackled by a linebacker. So that sucks. There was a great one. There was a great one. Um, there was a great one in cricket in Australia where this guy, I think he like street. So he pulled all his clothes off and started running naked across the field. And the guy who was batting is like six foot and built like this and literally just stepped out and just like strong arm flattened him. <laughs> and by the time the cops got to him, this guy is literally naked and this and, and the cricketer is sitting on top of him like, yeah, he's here. Oh my gosh. Um, it was quite glorious. Now I'm trying to think of like other other invaders in sports that I've seen. Well, of course, the Boston, the guy that invaded with the Red Sox at the Boston Bruins game who got naked and tried to climb the glass. Yeah, that happened. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And then he fell from the glass onto the ice and knocked himself out. Yep, yep. Um, While naked, wearing nothing but a pair of Red Sox. Yeah, yeah, that's true. God, my <laughs> You're like, city. God damn it, Boston, and <laughs> God damn it, Massachusetts. Yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah, it happens in football sometimes. It happens in soccer a lot. Um, but yeah, good times. I mean, so, they, they arrested the guy. So that was it. That was that. Guy. How could you miss him? He basically like crawled back through a Marshalls thing. And you know, they were like, you're going to have to stay with us, mate. Yeah, seriously. But they probably didn't say mate because they're from Singapore. Right. They could have. You never know. Ugh, yeah, well, I'm working on not saying mate as much. But other things that happened in Singapore... It was a considerably, it was a bad weekend for Mercedes. I love it when they talk about it being a bad weekend for Mercedes and you're like, well, most of, a lot of other teams would be pretty stoked for at least you're qualifying. Yeah, exactly. And hi, I mean, Rosberg still came in fourth. 
Like, yeah, it was a bad weekend. You guys got fourth. Like, if if yes, it was a bad, if, it's if that was a bad weekend and you were fourth India, like they would have been like, let's have a party. Yeah, for real. Yeah, fourth India. Really- Salva, just about anyone else other than like Ferrari, maybe Williams, Red Bull. Or, or, well, that probably still would have been a good weekend for Red Bull. It was. Like, Dan got second. It was. A, it was a great weekend for Red Bull. Dan Ricardo representing for the men of Australia who are doing terribly at sport right now. <laughs> Thank you. Our women's team, bitching. Men. Meh. I, I literally know nothing about cricket, so I can't participate in this conversation anymore. But, yeah, so. <laughs> but, uh, no, 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 let's not even cricket. The Rugby World Cup started this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. How did they do? I don't think we've played yet, actually. Okay. Yeah, New Zealand won, which was I was very happy about. They beat Argentina just. Um, and Japan beat South Africa Um with the odds were 90 to 1 for Japan to win, and they did win. I was going to say, someone, good at rugby, aren't they? I saw someone on uh, Twitter who had put a 10-pound bet on Japan winning and had won 900 pounds. Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, we USA Rugby lost to Samoa, which I feel like was probably a given because it's Samoa. <laughs> People, well, here's the thing. People, people tend to forget that. <laughs> look at our random educations. Uh, we're we're also here to educate you on sports other than F1. Pacific Islander nations are very, very good at rugby, considering when you you think about the size of the actual country. Like Samoa and Fiji and Tonga aren't big countries, but they are internationally competitive in the sport. So, like. Sorry, USA. I've I've watched a couple of the USA games over the you know last what? while. Watched the, the get, USA back, get game, beaten by the All Blacks. The USA game against Russia in the last World Cup was at like four o'clock in the morning, and I actually stayed up to watch it because I played rugby in college. So we watched all of the games of the World Cups. I think it was in uh, two thousand seven. Yeah, that would have made sense because it's yeah. seven, then eleven, then fifteen. Um, yeah, <clears throat> my whole yeah. team got together at bars to watch the 2007 Rugby World Cup, and it was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, I used to work with rugby players, so and and my I grew up in a rugby town, so yeah. kind of come. And my mother has been obsessed with the All Blacks since forever because she's a New Zealander, so I grew up on them. Yeah, Richie McCaw. I didn't, and I think it's it's interesting to see how how it's growing here. It's kind of it's a very new yeah. sport, but it's a really. Big- I actually think it's it's the comparatives to you and me. You know, we both follow rugby and ice hockey. You grew up in an ice hockey area yeah. and followed rugby as a to sport not typical for your country. I grew up in a rugby area and then have found ice hockey as a sport that's not typical for my country. Yep, yep, exactly. And it's, for us, I don't know if it's in university, ice hockey is a big deal for you guys, but... Um, we don't have college sports. Oh, that's okay. That's fair. Well, at all, any sport. I guess that's that's the biggest kind of area of growth for rugby here is in colleges. So, I mean, that's where I learned about it. I had no idea what it even was before I got to college. So, um, well, as much as we love rugby, we do hold ourselves out to be a motorsports podcast. What what else happened? Lewis's engine died. Phantom. Lewis's engine died. We didn't see any Mercedes on the podium. Um. Jensen Button continued his reign as the sassiest Brit of F1 history. Um, and Nico Hulkenberg ran over Felipe Massa. 
He but did. not actually Felipe Massa. Felipe Massa's cut. I mean... That being said, Massa is short enough, you probably could run him over. I was just going to say, Massa's very tiny. Hulk is not very tiny. I can see how... Hulk he- is the Hulk. Yeah. Um, the part of the race that I would say I enjoyed the very, very most was... And this isn't because I dislike Lewis Hamilton or anything. It's 112% just because of my great American patriotism. The part where his engine died and his team was trying to keep fixing it but his car had slowed down enough that everyone passed him, including including I yeah I loved his quote at the end of it where he's like he's like I know I basically it was like manners passed me or something like that yeah <laughs> no it was one, like the Marouches passed me and you're like yeah hashtag rude buddy much. you lost to an American what? of course it was like well you you race lost but you still got in a sick Marusha burn yeah how rude like seriously. Um, fun fact, which our, our good friend Elizabeth told us, uh, or came up with, I guess. Um, Alex Rossi is now the only driver to have beaten Lewis Hamilton in all of his starts. All one of them. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I team. love that. That's one of those things where you're like, yeah. Like, and I actually think Lewis Hamilton would probably it's find It's technically that true, and that's the best It's to technically do. true, but it's quite funny. But the, look, the other thing I kind of loved listening to them discuss about uh, during the race, um, was this 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 phantom neutral conspiracy theory that the yeah. tr- underground trains electrics could pot- were potentially affecting the electrics of the the players the gearboxing uh, the yeah. players. I don't know where the word players came from. I think I just read something on the side of my screen and I said the wrong word. Was was yeah, the, the word you were looking for is gearbox. That's the word gearbox. I was looking for. The Phantom yeah, and, and, thing only happened to, I think it was Carlos Sainz, right? No, no. They had three cars that right, got but it stuck wasn't the same in problem. neutral. They all had gearbox failures, but they didn't just kick in in neutral. Yeah, well, that, from what they were saying, they were when they showed Alonso coming in, they showed that his gearbox was in neutral and he it had kicked to neutral and he couldn't get out of it. What how they were saying it, and I was like, this would be hilarious. I'm just envisioning you driving along and it being like neutral, and then the train finishes going and you're out of neutral again. Because we saw Massa, we saw Massa having a problem with it, and then he came in and we're like, oh, wait, why is he in the pit? And he literally drove from one end of the pit to the other and then back out. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah uh right there yeah that was that was super strange um i kind of but i kind of like it because it like adds another level of fun to a usually boring race like it's like mario kart i'm a a big fan of singapore race i quite enjoy it because i think i love it from a visual sense the cars and the lights and the sparks it's it's the most beautiful race there is in a visual sense Yes, I, uh, Monaco, I think, so. I think people would argue. Monaco but... it. Yeah, well, I think they're also visually appealing in different Yes, that's very ways. true. Monaco is, it's the racing that looks beautiful in, in Singapore. Yeah, 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 that's true. It's not yeah, just yeah. the scenery like in Monaco. Um, yeah. But I mean, it is kind of a technically boring race. Like, it's a street sure. circuit, so there's not a lot of overtaking... Um, yeah, yeah. so just going to throw that extra little kink in there was kind of, yeah, was yeah. kind of fun. I also, look, I mean, for a race that's traditionally boring, who was, okay, excluding Alex Rossi, because Alex Rossi is your number one pick always and forever now. 
Who was your favorite performance to watch in that race? Probably, I'd say probably Verstappen, honestly. Yeah, I would have to agree with you completely. <laughs> he was, I, I had so wanted him to get the fastest lap because he had the fastest lap at one point. He did. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, come on, I want you to get it at 17. That being said, he has two, two and a bit years to get a fastest lap in order to break the current record. Oh, for youngest fastest lap? Yeah. Who holds it currently? Youngest fastest lap? Nico Rosberg holds it. Really? I didn't know that. I thought it was Vettel, and I'm pretty sure they said that Nico Rosberg, age 20, set a record for the fastest lap. Wow. Good job. I I had thought it may have been uh, Sebastian winning in Monza. Yeah, but I guess he didn't set a fastest lap. He may not have set a fastest lap. Um, Wasn't he so also I was, 21 in that race? Um, I am not sure. This is the point where I start pulling We're going to phone I, a I friend. At like, this one. Yeah, we're going to phone a friend and we're going to phone Wikipedia Formula One Records, which is an actual page because I've already looked at it twice today because I was having a look at if what records Jensen Button held. Um, and if any, because I was trying to see where he sits in, um, where he sits in, uh, where is it? Youngest passes. Yeah. So I think he's third for most races overall. The winner is Rubens Barrichello because he is ancient and like Rubens Barrichello just raced and raced. Uh, the Sebastian Vettel is the fourth youngest, uh, the fifth youngest driver to ever set a fastest lap. Your top five are Nico Rosberg at 20 years, 258 days in Bahrain, Esteban Gutierrez in the 2013 Spanish Grand Prix, Fernando oh. Alonso in the two, uh, the 2003 Canadian Grand Prix, and Bruce McLaren in the 1959 British GP. And then Australia. <laughs> no, Bruce McLaren's from New Zealand. Wait. Oh, wait, really? Yes, Bruce McLaren is a New Zealander. Who am I thinking of then? Who's the um the like big Australian? Alan Stewart. Sorry. No, Jackie Stewart. Um, Alan. Jackie Stewart, Scottish. No, 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 no. I called him Alan Stewart, but it's not. It's Alan. Oh, fuck. He calls Nico Rosberg Keke Rosberg in every single car. <laughs> Rude. Uh, Australian GP drivers. Uh, Alan. It's not Bond because that was a guy that stole everyone's money. He's on. He, I you could tell that I haven't watched TV in Australia for a while uh, because I can't think of the guy. The two Australian drivers who have won a world championship are Jack Brabham and Alan Jones. Jack Brabham was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, but yeah, because yes. I was reading a whole bunch about him, but I was also reading a whole bunch about Bruce McLaren, and that's probably why. I yes, because I believe they were they were a similar time. So Brabham raced from about fifty according to this, Brabham raced from fifty-five to seventy. Yes. So that's the same as the Bruce McLaren kind of era. And then we yeah, had yeah, Nolan for a while. Different. And then we had Mark Webber forever and then Dan Ricardo. Nice. But I was yeah. I was looking at the, I was looking at the records today and my all time favorite record. And I know this is a Mark Webber reference and we're like, how long into it? But the record is um, the most number of races before winning an actual race. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, a hundred and, no, it's, it's like 130 races it took him to win a race. I wonder. And, and 
Jensen's isn't far off it either. Jensen's like 112 races before he won his first race. I wonder if anyone on the current grid, aside from Jensen, who hasn't won yet, is like close to that. Probably not. Um, I Look, I think when you're looking at the most, you'd probably be looking at Hulk, Bottas, those kind of guys. And they hasn't really... won, has he? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty I don't sure, think he has. actually. I think he's got a couple of seconds. He does. He, like, he came second. His last podium before um, this recent one was in 2013 at the U.S. Grand Prix, and I don't think he had won a race before that. So yeah, he's here. We are. He's most races be- before first. Okay, so most races before first win. Just do the modern ones because I don't care. Yeah, yeah. 130 races it took Mark Webber. 123 races it took Rubens Barrichello. 119 races it took Yano Truly. Hundred, it was his 113th race for Jensen Button, at 111th race for Nico Rosberg, 110th race for Giancarlo Fischer-Kalla, um, and 96 races for Mika Hakkinen. And then a guy that I don't recognize, and then yeah. uh, Th- Thierry Boutsen. Yeah, fuck that. French. Yeah. And then uh, 91 races for Jean Alisi and 82 races for Eddie Irvine. Okay. So there's the a little current... bit in there. Like, Rogue is probably the one that's closest. Um, Ro- Romain Grosjean, here we are. The other section. Most podiums without a win. Oh, no. <laughs> Who do you think is number one in for most podiums without a win? Probably Marco. Sorry? Extra, no, 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 no. Most podiums without a win. This means this person never won a race. Oh, oh, I feel like I know this. I nice, know this, don't nice. I? Yep, German, good beard. <gasps> no, not Dust Beard King. Oh, that's so sad. Nick Heifeld raced in 185 races without ever winning a race. He was that's on a podium 13 times. The second two, I don't recognize either of the names, but Romain Grosjean is currently uh, the fourth highest amount of podiums that a win. He's been on the podium 10 times. Yeah. Martin Brundle is fifth on that list. He raced in 165 races, was on a podium nine times, and never won a race. And Valtteri Bottas is currently ninth on that list. 50 entries, 49 starts for seven podiums. That being said, currently... The most points without a win. Your top three are Valtteri Bottas, Roman Grosjean, Nico Hulkenberg. Nick Heidfeld is fourth, and Sergio Perez is fifth. Obviously, you've got a you've got more younger drivers in this section because obviously they're having younger, uh, longer careers, but they're also have this more points available. Yeah, the yeah. point the point values are worth more than they used to, but. The most races with ever, without ever winning a race, Nick Heifeld is second on that list with 185 races. Second only to Andre uh, Cesaris, who unfortunately I believe passed earlier this year. He went 214 races without a win. Hmm. And Martin Brundle is third on that list. Adrian Sutil is seventh. Oh, Adrian Sutil. Remember how – oh, he's one. he's a test driver right now, isn't he? Yeah, I don't think he's the test driver. I believe he's the reserve driver. Yes, Susie Wolf is still the test driver. There is that clarification between test and reserve drivers with with them. Well, that's annoying. Um, Okay, 
what so so that's sample one that's our update on facts from formula one for the day <laughs> yeah seriously what uh, are your favorite moments of singapore other than alex rossi damn it you can't put that it was going to be like this my favorite five moments were the race qualifying fp3 fp2 and fp1 <laughs> yes just the whole damn thing um I thought, I'm not going to say my favorite moments because literally all of those were Alex Rossi things. But um, I thought the part where Verstappen wouldn't let Carlos Sainz pass and he got real uppity on the radio, that was pretty fun. He literally just immediately went, no. (laughs) He sounded like someone who, and and between him saying no and his his race engineer trying to talk to him, I was like, I just had this picture of him being yelled at and sent to his bedroom. Yeah, like you can't talk to me like that. that. You should. Um, so that was good. Uh, what else that we haven't covered yet? Um, I loved the fireworks because I love. Oh yeah, I love the moment that the fireworks were going off and Sebastian Mattel was just kind of standing there looking at them, like. Yep, I like like how simple is going down the pit straight. They fire off the ones that like follow the car. Like, that's really cool. Abu Dhabi does that as well, and even better, and I love it. It's just like... Yeah, so that's fun. Um, I liked that Rosberg took a little bit of, out of uh, Hamilton's lead in the World Drivers' Championship. There's Part still... Was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, couldn't you have just, like, couldn't, couldn't his car have broken down in a race where, like, Nico could be winning it? Like, yeah. not that I have a problem with Sebastian Vettel winning races. I quite like him. I'm happy to watch him win races. But I kind of just don't want to watch Lewis Hamilton win another world championship, which unfortunately I'm sure is about what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But it's not even that I don't want him to win. I just want there to be some competition. You know? Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. All. Like, bring me back good old, like, 2010, where going into the last race, three guys could have been the world champion. I mean, we've seen it in two other series this year where the race literally goes down to the last lap. Formula E and IndyCar spoiled the shit out of it for traffic. I mean, they're ruined. Like, the fact that Lewis is running away with the championship over here, it's just like, give me me something better. You're the best race series in the world, and you guys can't figure your crap out to make this more competitive? Come on. Yes. Well, well, speaking of making it more competitive, uh, Red Bull are getting rid of Renault, and now it's turned into a game of musical engines. I know. Like, we're not giving you an engine. Like, why would we give you an engine? For real. Uh, Do we want to get right into the rumors now? Because there's a lot, and we got a lot to Let's get into the rumors. Dude, okay. So, my favorite one, and I really hope this happens, because... On the same day that Volkswagen got in trouble and had to recall a bunch of engines because apparently they figured out how to cheat the American, um, like, uh, what's it called? Um, when you take your car in to get tested and, like, they test the... the Oh, admissions. The emissions test. Why couldn't I think of that word? When they, they figured out how to cheat the emissions test, so they had to recall, like, 500,000 cars. And that same day... They were linked to Red Bull to provide them engines from 2018 on. Give me that. Give me Red Bull Audi. I will literally make fun of them always. Fucking onion rings team. Red give Bull me this. The onion rings. Well, here's the thing. I love how they're like, well, why wouldn't Mercedes give them an engine? And every time someone is like, every time someone suggests they don't understand why Mercedes won't give them an engine, I'm like, you're talking about a team who is dominating, giving the best engine to the team that designs the best car 
the best like, arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're talking car, Red Bull is the best at designing cars. Adrian Newey is practically a demigod when it comes to designing cars. Put yep. the best engine in them, which they've had for the last couple of years. The like we're just going to go back to Sebastian Vettel winning thirteen races in a year, except it'll be like Dan or Carl. Oh, I don't mind that. Yeah, you know what? It's not happening. Um, I started saying that, and I was like, as much as I like Dan Ricciardo, I do not want to watch him win 13 race here. No. Um, that said, like you said, yeah, I, I just I don't know why people don't understand the fact that, no, Mercedes, like, I'm sure they want competition, and I'm sure they think it would be fun. They're not going to provide it. It's not their job. Yeah, they would like competition, but they're not going to enable it. Why no, make no, the no, rest no. of the world's job? Why do the other team's jobs for them? Exactly, exactly. That said, since um, Lotus are not going to be Mercedes-powered next year, Mercedes can power another team. They're going to have Manor. Manor is going to have Mercedes engines, and I, like, I can't even handle it because... That makes me excited, but it's like putting a turbo in a hearse. Rude. Hashtag rude. Um, Yes and no. I'm hoping that they upgrade their chassis to something that's 2016 spec instead of 2014 spec. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully they get an aer- hopefully they can afford an aerodynamic between now and then. Yeah, for real. Um, the the flip side of this rumor too is that um, and they might get some help from Mercedes on the development side because Mercedes might put their third driver in a manner. Pascal Verline might drive alongside another driver. I hope it's Alex Rossi, but whatever. Though, here's the question, as I was about to say. Uh, actually, speaking of Alex Rossi and Manor and replacing drivers, was seeing poor Roberto Merry having to front up <laughs> at that press conference the most awkward thing you would ever I opened it. I was like, what's he doing there? Why wouldn't you be like, you know what? We'll send Alex along instead. I don't know. Because the media want to ask about it. But seriously, oh, I'm going to make the driver who we just booted off the team for like half of the rest of the season turn up to this this thing not only did we not tell him before he got to singapore we still made him go to the press conference yeah i i don't really understand that decision at all that was kind of rough but yeah um and i was also really hoping to see rossi in the press conference i mean i have alternative look look just put it there uh the usgp he's going to be in that press conference there will be an entirely alex rossi press conference there should be there really freaking should be um, I can't wait for that, Saski. I'm going to literally die that whole weekend. It's always really fun anyway. Like, Austin is one of my favorite. It'll be, to, to, quote, to quote Taylor Swift from, uh, oh, I think it was uh, the Graham Norton show. She's, she's like, oh my God, I'm like dead. Literally dead. R.I.P. me. Um. She was like, there's this part of it where she's reading like her fans' reactions on Twitter to things she's done, and they're like, "Oh my god, I'm dead. This is me. This is not me. I'm actually dead." (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's gonna be Uh, R.I.P. Me. It'll just be my ghost at the U.S. Grand Prix, floating around, yelling. (laughs) What you see right now, this isn't me. This is my ghost. I died in Austin at the U.S. GP. I am no more ghost i like your uh fake american accent there it's pretty i don't even know if that's meant to be a fake american (laughs) accent it's 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 just just bizarre valley girl meets australia tone 
Yeah, yeah. I'll, um, stick to, I'll stick to my good old Australian accent. Gracias. Gracias. Um, so yeah, Renault might power Lotus and it'll just be Renault next year instead of Lotus. Uh, Pastor Maldonado is going to drive for them again. I, I had heard a rumor that Renault was going to try to go with an all-French team, but apparently that's not going to happen. Also, Rogro is going to Haas. Wait, wait. Uh, is Rogro going to Haas? Because the last thing I saw was Jev and Kevin Magnussen going to Haas. But no, no, no. Uh, slipped. Oh, oh, yeah. really? He slipped on the weekend and he accidentally um, told someone that he was not returning to Lotus. And, or no, 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 it wasn't him. It was I think it was Lotus's uh, like guy in charge was like, yeah, no, he's not gonna be. He, wait, Lotus. wait, he slipped. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what happened. Whatever. You can't see, but I'm making air quotes right now for the term slip. Yeah. Because so, as someone who works in PR, you don't slip. No, you don't. But, things like that. Um, so okay, yeah. so Rogro goes to Haas. Is it all French Haas? Or are we going Rogro and K-Mags? Are we going Rogro and... And if JB leaves, is it Stoffel or Kevin Magnussen in that seat? I don't know. And that's the other thing is that Button's probably going to retire at the end of this year. So yeah, JV's had enough of this shit and is getting out of here. I understand. I mean, those McLarens, yeah. they just... That's the thing. When you're him, you've won. You have no desire to spend another year sitting at the back of the grid and dealing with this shit to be driving this car. You know, like, he's 35. I think he's going to retire. At, or, or, I just, like, initially... I'm picturing him being like, yeah, I think I might retire. And Porsche being like, dial, dial the phone, dial. It's not Porsche, though. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, Porsche is doing real well with their two current teams oh, in yeah, the world yeah. of Porsche, Porsche doesn't need to change their plan. No, but there are other teams in World Endurance that are looking for drivers next year. Toyota is one of Toyota? them. Um, apparently, that's a thing. Someone was speculating about that today. Some IndyCar, an IndyCar writer that I follow, um that he could very well drive for Toyota next year. And that, I mean, they're a good middle of the pack team. If, if we get Jensen Button in WEC and on TV broadcast, I am fully on board with this comment, with this uh, retirement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's where a lot of people are right now. And at least this way he gets to go out on his own terms instead of McLaren forcing yeah. him out. Like everyone thought was going to happen last year. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's one of the, and we've had this discussion before. There's a certain, um, there's a certain kind of you want to have to go out in your own terms, preferably at the top of your game. Is I think as a driver at the top of his game, we know he can drive. It's just that that car can't. Right, exactly. So that'll happen. Um, so that team will be. If I'm, that team will probably be either Alonso and Magnussen or Van Dorn next year, which I'm pretty good with either of those. I really can't wait to yeah. see how Van Dorn does outside of testing. Um. He's so fast. I can't even. Yeah. I love watching him in GP2. He's such a great driver. Yeah, I I just can't even. That being said, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Kevin Magnussen on the grid somewhere else anyway, especially, uh, you know, either at at Haas um, because he is a good driver and we've established that, but also a driver that doesn't have a money backing. So he needs to go to one of those teams. And Uh, that being said. He could go to Renault. 
If Reno is back well, in that their team. Well, that was my other thought. If Reno is back in their team, they become less of a team that needs to have a pay driver. And if you need to have a pay driver, that's what Pastor Maldonado is for. Exactly. I was just going to say, they already have their pay driver. They can now I, sign I messaged, I messaged my brother and I just said, uh, Lotus have extended Pastor Maldonado for a third year, meaning you've probably got at least another $100 to make on uh, first retirement bets. Nice. Um, the other yes. thing about potential drivers going places is that the odds of Jev going to Renault are incredibly low because he currently drives for Citroen. And those are two French car companies uh, in Formula E. His team is the uh, DS Virgin Racing and DS is owned uh, by Citroen. I did not realize that. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. I only know this because one of my company's clients is Citroen and we just split all of their dashboards into Citroen and DS and I'm like... Oh, I hate them. Um, I don't. They're fine. But I'll never cheer for them in anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think that would be a conflict of interest if he drove for Renault and Citroen. So probably well, I, I, Look, if he goes to Renault, he would no longer be racing Formula E. Well, the thing is, there's only two conflicts. And uh, he would be able to because the Formula E season is kind of not during the same time. I guess, yeah, you're, you're right. I'd be, it'd be interesting to see if drivers would do that. Um, they do. I mean, we know we saw, we've seen, we've seen Hulkenberg go between WEC and this, but he only raced two WEC races this year. Yeah. You know, and there's not a lot of conflict with WEC. Like, I mean, there's, uh, well, actually, no, 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 the second half of the season has conflict. Obviously, we had conflict last weekend with, uh, Lone Star, Le Mans, and Singapore. And then it's the next the race that's in Suzuka is the same weekend as the F1 race in Sochi. Yeah, yeah. So no, they, they wouldn't. I'm gonna he get wouldn't be able to do all of both. Like that's not a possibility, obviously. But yeah, you know, I mean, we saw Andretti go through like five drivers in Formula E last year, so he could at least maybe do part of the season. Um, but again, I don't think it would happen because that'd be a conflict of interest. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you're a Formula One team, you also, I mean, I think them letting Hulkenberg do whack is something, it's two races, right? And it also looks really good for them from a PR perspective. If you're Force India, they need, you know, they're, they're, they're not a smaller team, but, you know, it doesn't hurt them, particularly when he, I don't know, won. But you're also looking at the sense that if I'm a Formula One team and my driver wants to race Formula E as well, I'd be like, uh, no, because this is Formula One and you dedicate all your time and attention to us because we're number one. And if I'm that driver, I'd be like, yeah, okay, no problem. Sweet. Yep. True, true. Like, no, I, I like Formula E. I love the idea of it. No, 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 you're absolutely right. Um, but if I got a choice, I and every other person there would be like, oh, I'll be over at Formula One, guys. Yeah, exactly. It's called Formula it is, One for a reason. Right. It's it is interesting though, just because he committed so like early and so hardcore to that team with Sam Bird. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's 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 understandable that if he wants to make Formula One his priority, like that's fine. But uh I think Formula E fans also, are gonna be a little like, uh, why'd you commit them? Like if you knew you even had yeah. a chance of F one, why well, I think that's the thing, though. If you're him, I mean, he came out of the Toro, he came out of the Red Bull system. When you're in the Red Bull system, you don't have anything else. You 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 are Red Bull. You don't have to think about other teams and building connections and so much of that stuff. So when people come out of that Red Bull system, they're just almost left 
floundering to their own devices because they've never had to do all this, a lot of this stuff that a lot of the other drivers have had to do to get to where they are before because it's Red Bull. It's been there for them. So you go and, and suddenly you don't have a place to go. You can't, you're not a test. Well, I guess he is. He's in the Ferrari system, right? Yep. Who Ferrari just seemed to pick up everyone that may be okay and looks good on a poster for them. But, you know, <laughs> you want to be racing. So he, he gets into Formula E. And if, if, if you're still not sure how things are going, you know, Formula E could probably replace him pretty easily with a really decent driver. So it's not that much of a drama. But I also think it's the case if I'm him, I'm like, I need the safety net to make sure I'm racing at the best yeah, I that's can. True, that's true. And that's Formula E um, at that I- point in time believe there are a few Formula E drivers from last season that don't have a contract yet. So that's, yeah, yeah. I guess that would be fine. Yeah, that I mean, I think Formula E last season, it could be anyone. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it'll be Scott Speed again. <gasps> I weep. <laughs> um, Other rumors. What other rumors have we heard about? Um, I don't know. That might be it, actually. I think it's about look this year there's not a lot of dominoes like last year because last year it suddenly was like oh he's leaving Ferrari and going here and then he's going here and and there was a lot more of those kind of dominoes you know Sauber got an entirely new team (laughs) and and so forth whereas this year it's kind of like the little kids it's like the little guys it's basically just what's happening with Lotus and what's happening with Haas and that's it McLaren maybe Manor But, well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, but here's the thing. You know what's happening with McLaren. If JB leaves, it will either be Stroke Van Dorn or Kevin Magnussen in that seat. It's not really like a domino effect. It's just like a... It's not rumors for A or B. If nothing happens, if nothing happens, then nothing happens. If A happens, then it will be B or C. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's not like a, oh, it could... No, it's literally Jensen Button will leave and you will have either the Danish guy or the Belgique guy. I was like, how do you say that? The Belgian guy. Belgique. What the hell? What are you? Belgian. The Belgian. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I was having a Muppet moment there. That's fair. I had one earlier. Um, Yeah. yeah. Missions there, I think. I I still can't believe that Pastor is still going to be at one next year. Like, that website has Pastor Pastor Maldonado's Maldonado's website should just be a photo of him laying in, like, the middle of all this money. I was attempting to explain him to someone. I was like, yes, this is Pastor Malnado. He's Venezuelan. Uh, he is a renowned political socialist. <laughs> he is this, that, you know, yada, yada, yada. Ta-da! That's him. Everyone thinks he's crazy. Everyone thinks he can't drive. He kind of looks like the bad guy in a James Bond. He looks like Dick Dust. No, he looks like Dick Dust. Yes, he does. <laughs> Oh my god, he drives like Dick Dastardly too. Yes, he does. <laughs> this is not the cannonball run, mate. No. Maybe he thinks it is. Well, Poor do we have anything else to do we have any other Formula One things to talk about? It's a it's a short turnaround this week. No, we have oh another gosh. race this weekend. Suzuka. I, I love Suzuka because it's the the track where one part of the circuit goes under another part of the circuit and it just looks really cool. Isn't doesn't that happen in Singapore as well? No, they like they come over? very close to each other, but it's they're like two. Oh, cold. they're two ninety degree turns. Okay, yeah. yeah, I saw it from the air, and I was like, mm. yeah, it looks really cool. That's cool. Yes, I like that. Pretty awesome. Um, yeah. cool. 
I, I just, I, I'm excited, but I'm also kind of like, it's going to be weird because they're going to talk about Jules Bianchi a lot. And that was last year. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Graham Loudon has already interviewed about it, like the Manor yeah. team principal. And it was just, it was really sad. I think, I think, yes, it will get mentioned. It will be too much because I think they've done, They've kind of done the things this year. They did the, you know, uh, the, the Soshi, and then obviously okay. this year when, when Jules did pass, right. everyone's kind of gone, okay, we've done it. We've addressed it. We don't need to keep bringing it back up. Because yeah, see, the thing obviously is, we will even... in a respectful fashion, but I think it'll be, yeah, it, the print media will run the story a lot because there's nothing like lazy journalism to rely on, you know, easy stories. Right. And, like, there won't be, I don't think there will be a tribute or anything, but, like, it's just something that everyone's thinking about, you know? And, like, Graham Graham Ladden already came out and said that, like, he thought Monica would be okay, and, like, at that point, Jules was still alive. Uh, But he, like, had to hold it together all weekend, because that was where Jules got his points, you know? And, and, yeah, yeah, it's going to be weird. I mean, I just hope that it's a good race and that everyone stays safe. Apparently, it's supposed to happen again. So... Yeah, it's. I'm excited, yeah. but I'm like tentatively excited. If that makes sense. I think if it does rain this year, everyone the everyone will be a lot more, I guess, trigger happy with calling things and flagging things and safety carring things, because yeah. everyone will just be. I think. I think we're going to expect them to be quite on edge track, um, and, and that. But yeah, it's it'll be interesting. Yeah. So. I'm looking forward to it. I Well, we look forward to every race. I know, I know. Who do you think are going to be top three this weekend? Let's do that. Oh, look, I wouldn't be surprised if we just go back to the typical two Mercedes and Vettel. Um, the Singapore track really favoured the Ferrari car this yeah. weekend that we obviously saw, and the Red Bull. Um, I don't think that's a show of form for the rest of the season. Um, I mean, I'd love it if it was. I'd love to see a little bit more competitiveness going on there. But I wouldn't be surprised if we go back to the two two for uh, two Mercedes and a Ferrari scenario. Well, last year, I mean, obviously a lot of things happened last year, but Williams started Suzuka on the second row of the grid, so I'm going to go with Rosberg for the win. Quite well, yeah. didn't they? Last I'm going to go with Rosberg for the win, Hamilton for second, and Valtteri Bottas for third because I think he can do it. I think he can do it. So, I yeah. look forward to it. Um, other motorsports stuff. Suzuka's in, like, four days. Other stuff has happened. Um, the World Endurance Race in Texas this past yes, weekend. Yes, Lone Star Le Mans was on last weekend, and it was won by... Yeah, Mark Webber in the Porsche. That Porsche team. was. It's Mark Webber, Brennan Hartley, and some other guy whose name I can never remember. Timo like Bernard. Yes. The German, the Australian, and the New Zealander, because they always say that. Who needs a haircut? Partly, <laughs> I'm like, you're great, you're a great driver, but your hair makes me so unhappy, and I just want to shave you in your sleep. He looks like the most stereotypical, like, New Zealand surfer. He looks dude. like the biggest, yeah, he looks like he belongs, he's come from the Gold Coast, and then he just wants to surf all day long, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found Take a picture of him from apparently he was part of the 2009 young drivers test yeah yes he was i believe brendan hartley was once part of the red bull junior team yes so he tested for them in 2009 alex rossi tested for bmw sauber 
which I did not know until very recently. But I was so I was going through all these pictures and just like laughing at all the drivers that either didn't pan out or are really good now. Um, yeah. And Brendan Hartley was one of them. There was oh fuck, who was it? One of the guys I saw drive an Indy car this year um, had just won Indy Lights in twenty in two thousand eight. And he was at the Young Drivers Test, just like some team randomly picked him up and let him drive a car. Let him drive an F1 car, just for funsies. To be honest, there was a guy last year who drove an F1 car who was Australian in the Young Drivers Test named Spike Goddard. And it was one of those drivers where I was like, he doesn't race GP2, he doesn't race GP3, he doesn't race Renault 3.5, he doesn't race Formula 4 or any of those things. But they let him test a car and somewhere there's like, the half a dozen GP2 drivers led by Mitch Evans going, fuck you all. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, like, like literally this guy came, flew from Australia, tested the car and went back to Australia. And he was like 25. And I was like, who did you sleep with? Where did you get your money? Like, I don't, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's how it works though, isn't it? You need money. You bring money to a oh, team. Well, I, I, I know that completely. And I understand the, the contextual argument for men. Many of those people from countries, like, like if you look at GP2, the amount of GP2 and GP3 drivers that are from smaller countries that don't have heavy motorsports backgrounds, that's as far as they're going to get because the money that you need to get a F1 test drive or an F1 drive needs to correlate to the gain that the company gets back within your country. If yeah. you're a country like New Zealand with 4 million people, there is never going to be enough money coming back from from your sponsorships to justify the kind of money you need to go into it. That's said. And that's also why Australians are never test drive and never pay drivers either because we don't got no money. Um that said, Alexander Rossi's biggest sponsor makes absolutely no sense. It is the Alaskan Coffee Roasting Company. Yeah, okay. yeah. I see that face that you made. It's a little weird. On his GP2 that, car, that being said, it, it, it's like um, Giro Vandergaard's biggest sponsor is a fashion company who happens to be owned by his father-in-law. And yeah. uh, like, that's a fashion company. They obviously have a lot of money and they obviously can like figure out. A, I mean, Hugo Boss is a huge F1 sponsor. Like, that's fine. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. The company that sponsors him are a holding company for fashion labels, I think, rather than an actual brand. Okay. And there's another one. And I think it may be Satil. One of them, potentially Satil is someone's like biggest backer, is a company that is like a shipping or something company. Some of them, you just look at them, you're like, these don't make sense like i understand why venezuelan oil do it because they have more money than they know what to do with and it makes right. people be like oh venezuela but like a tiny cost coffee roasting company in alaska like what are you doing how do you have yeah. this money where did you come from and like well, it's well, no, no, wait a second wait a second what does alaska have a lot of land <laughs> oil oil not coffee coffee yeah, but, that, that, but, but here's the thing the people that own the coffee company could also be, it could be an oil company owner that has them. Honestly, and, I don't and, think so. Yeah, I was like, so was like <laughs> there's a lot of people that sponsor and they channel the money from one company to the other because this one is a better branding exercise, but this is the company that has the money. Maybe. I'm going to Google this. And we're going to come back to <laughs> yeah, you yeah. on this next week. Um, yeah, we will. Next week. Holy crap. Uh, but yeah, so it's to the point where like Alaska Coffee Roasting Company is on his helmet. It's on his the front wing of his GP2 car. Like, Probably oh, yeah. um, manner, they'll sponsor. I'm, 
I'm trying to think of some of the random. Well, GP two sponsor dollars are very different to Mana sponsor dollars, but less different than some teams, but still slightly different. Yeah. But it's like um, Evans is sponsored by a butcher, a company called the Mad Butcher, and it says that across the front of his thing. And then is also like a company called the Guilt Trap Group. I can't remember what they do, but he's also now sponsored by a chocolate company. And I'm like. That's more. Okay. That sounds a lot more like IndyCar sponsorships than F1. Like, yeah, yeah. GP2 sponsorships and GP3 sponsorships are a lot like IndyCar sponsorships. So you're like, okay. Not to that extent, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not as, not as, yeah, but. Pervasive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not as pervasive. Yeah, well, well, anyways, yeah, WEC was cool. Um, Our friend Liz went and had a grand old time. Um, If you have she, not seen the ridiculous flag she made for Loic Duval on Twitter, you should go find it. Because there's a it picture of him. It's so good. It uh, is excellent. She got to see Connor Daly again, too, so that's pretty excellent. Um, Yeah. Apparently it was great. I don't know. One of the Porsches broke down, so the other two Audis were on the podium. Onion, onion rings. Um, That was apparently Loic Duval's first podium this year, so that was good. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I've got on that. I watched the last two hours because I was out doing stuff and it was in the evening on a Saturday. So yeah, it was pretty, yeah, I, I appreciated that fact. Mm-hmm. Um, the one yeah. other, motor, one other motorsports update, um, the Dan Weldon Memorial karting race happened this weekend too. Uh, and some of the pictures coming out of that are pretty amazing. So I should go look them up. But yeah, I guess they raised a whole bunch of money for Justin Wilson's family. So that's good. Excellent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, you look every time these things happen, they're devastating. But you are always constantly impressed by just the am- amount of compassion within the motor racing community and how much money they can raise by banding together. Yeah, yeah. It makes you, it makes you really kind of like, yeah, these are great people. I'm happy to be part of this. Mm-hmm. That's true. They had that giant auction online that was all the uh, the driver helmets, mostly IndyCar, but there were some from F1 and a few from WEC and uh, whatnot. And I was kind of just sitting there thinking, like, I wonder how many of these Marco Andretti is just going to buy. Like, how? Because have you seen the pictures yeah. of his house? I have to send you these. His house is, a like, a ginormous mansion. And the yeah. whole front hallway, he's got bookshelves. Except instead of books, he has driver helmets. Just, like, okay, walls amazing. of driver helmets. And he just got one of Dan Ricardo's, actually. Um, nice. Yeah, nice. I wonder how many, how many of these he's going to just shell out and pick up. The Andretti name probably helps. Oh, yeah. The Andretti money yeah, probably yeah. helps. <laughs> true facts. True facts. Yeah. But Well, Sarah Connors, I think that covers us off for just about everything that's happening in the motorsports world at this point in time. Thank you. We will be back in, like, a week. Six seven days, days. Seven days six from days. now. Um, just before the, just before the other sports that we follow start to get crazy again and back, uh, I I can't even think about it. I'm working full time and then part time and then doing this. And it's just like, when will I ever sleep? The answer is never. Literally never. I know I'm going to a preseason game tomorrow and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. Yeah. Look, I don't even know what's happening with the preseason. I'm just pretending it's not a thing. Yeah. Enjoy your last few weeks before death. Yeah, I got too much to think about before the season starts back. Yeah, you know what was nice was back before I started watching Formula One, when the yeah. summer was like vacation from sports, and now, well, now it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah there's there's no it's it just it never ends and we just keep finding new sports to yell about passionate about i'm trying to track the world cycling championships which are in richmond virginia at the moment so that's keeping me hectic as well oh yeah a friend of mine was telling me about that i can't do cycling but that's fine but yeah Yeah. so we will we will catch you back up after uh suzuka in a week thanks for listening for the grid girls i am saski you are sarah (laughs) and we'll be back at the next race see ya